I'm Stephen Hunt. Welcome to the Active Performance Podcast, a podcast that gives top global managers and their teams the confidence and power of clarity to grow their international business in innovative ways. This week, innovation and options. Why being innovative and creating options give you a clear path to growth and tips on how to do it. Let's start with Trump. No, not him. I'm talking about Trump with an F on the end. That's the machine tool and laser manufacturer based in Germany. The CEO there is Nicola Leibinger-Kammüller, and she said this, We have always had good experience with counter-cyclical action in the past. And with those words, she gave her reasons for investing 150 million in research and development. So what was so surprising about that? The timing. Those words come from an interview in October 2008. And as many of you will remember, October 2008 was the start of the financial crisis. The point is, in October 2008, it was a brave person who would have put so much money into research and development. Fast forward to 2015, and Nicola Leibinger-Kammüller is receiving yet another award for outstanding performance. How did she do it? She did three things. Anticyclical investing, taking care of employees, looking for opportunities to invest and take over other companies. The lesson to learn from Trump and from Leibinger-Kammüller is this. At a crisis point, she created options. They continued to innovate where many others chose to stagnate. It's vital to continually be creative and innovative. When you have new ideas and new solutions, you can choose a clear path to growth. And global executives who show others the path to growth build an optimistic culture. People feel good because people believe in you and they believe in your plans. And this is an upward spiral that becomes self-reinforcing. But it doesn't come without discipline. Back in 2008, Trump did invest, but it also cut costs. It cut back on its temporary staff. It invested in people, but it expected them to take on responsibility and accountability. The investments didn't come for free. Only with this discipline and this razor-sharp focus can you get out of a crisis. So coming back to today, how can we create new convincing ways to get people involved? How can we configure our resources, plans and processes for success beyond this current corona crisis? I don't know. And I think I'm in good company. In the last two weeks, I've heard from over 30 global executives, mostly clients from all over the world. The common point right now is that nobody is making exact predictions. It's simply too early. But I do see a distinct trend. The clear ones, the sharpest ones amongst that group of global executives are already looking for these new options. The slowest are repeating these well-used, tired-out phrases like the new normal or a brave new world. And I make a bet now that those slower companies are the ones that will stagnate in the next 12 months. So what can we do now to create options and innovate in our thinking? Well, let's start with the psychology, because from a psychological perspective, we're moving along a well-known road with very clear milestones. The first milestone is shock and surprise. The second milestone is confusion. The third milestone is uncertainty. And the fourth milestone is insight and ideas. 
Now, with the current crisis, different parts of the world are at different milestones. Obviously, China is ahead of the USA, but the majority of countries are between those first two milestones, between shock and confusion. It's important to recognize the confusion, but with clear communication, particularly internal communication and communication to customers, make it clear that there is a path out of that confusion, even if the exact way is not yet known. The best leaders and the future winners know this psychological road. I think in the last two weeks, we've seen that the best companies already had business continuity plans in place. They were already putting these resilient plans into action. The slow companies are now just being forced to do it. The outstanding winners are going beyond that. They're already looking to renew the ways they work. That's reimagining the next normal and how they might adapt to it. So how can you figure out where to do some focus testing? Well, here's something you might want to try out. Imagine you wanted to break your business, to make it fail, to run it into the ground as fast as possible. How exactly would you destroy it? Because the answers to this question will reveal what's critical to protect. And in the same vein, those exchanges I've had with executives reveal five areas to focus on in terms of your testing. Firstly, focus on cash. That's obvious. Cash is king right now. This is about survival in the short term. The second area is to focus on people and partnerships. In terms of customer service, there are new ways now on the market to connect with your customers and serve them that weren't available in the past. Collaboration is going to be a test because are people in the global organization across business units, are they partnering because there's a deep trust, or is it all just on the surface? The third area to focus on is supply chain. That's about protecting and securing your supply chain, documenting the key points so that you know what the essentials are that you need to do in-house and what you can outsource. And then it's about finding alternatives. So alternatives might include going digital, onshoring, or finding temporary partnerships with other companies with common skills. The fourth area is a focus on technology. A lot has already been said about this in the last week. I think there will be a boom, a huge increase in the use of technology and digitalization. And the fifth and final area is a focus on operations. A lot of companies are going to have to create greater efficiency in their operations. Research and development investment could go into new products and their efficient production. A lot of companies are under pressure to go towards onshoring to secure supplies and to serve markets closer to the end user. So how can you translate those big five areas, cash, people and partnerships, supply chain, technology and operations into innovation in your global business? One idea that you might like to try out is to take a little notebook and pen with you. Note down spontaneously over the coming days and weeks where innovation is happening and the options it will create. And to get you started, here are three notes that I've already made in my book. Number one is obvious. Business travel is going down as technology is going up. That is going to have an impact on people and collaboration. It's going to have an impact on customer relations. For example, product demonstrations, product tests. Big trade fairs were already struggling before this crisis. 
they will continue to be there, but they'll be smaller in number and size because people will find new ways of connecting with their customers without spending huge amounts of time traveling to see them. A second note I've made is global collaboration. The best companies I see right now, they're not running every decision through head office. They're moving away from this pyramid decision making and they're moving more towards networked companies. I think in the end it will be a mix. Financial reporting was, is and will still follow this pyramid structure. But in functions like sales and marketing, that will move to a networked basis because different cu customers in different parts of the world want different things at different times. How do you do that when you're only making the decisions at the top? It's too slow. Another example of global collaboration is partnerships. In my own business, I've tripled the number of specialist partners that I work with in the last three years. In the last six months alone, I've started using suppliers in Poland, Pakistan, Ireland, Malaysia, and the USA. And that's because technology platforms make this possible. Work is done faster, to the same high quality. My labor intensity is going down on non-core activities in my business, like IT. And that means I can give my customers more time. And that's exactly what they need right now. And a third note I've already made is onshoring. To secure supplies, you will need people who can renegotiate with key suppliers. You will need to connect with new suppliers. The bottom line to all of this is that now is the time for innovation and creativity. Because the weak managers, the losers, the future losers, what they're doing right now is focusing on survival. They're cutting out the additional activities that they will need to grow. And as the story of Trump shows, the winners are already innovating to create a clear path to growth. I'm Stephen Hunt. Thank you for listening. Join me next time for more on how top global managers use confidence and the power of clarity to grow their business.